a group of entitled squatters steal my brother's house and refuse to leave against all odds. This led to a several month battle to try and get this house back, all while dealing with corrupt cops and terrible judges. Here's what happened. So several years ago, my brother Dan moved from California to Washington State and built a three bedroom house on one of two parcels of land that he had bought when he was 18 years old. He lived in a nice community with a small lake and an HOA. During the 2008 economic crash, he ran into financial trouble, so we stepped in and helped him. To repay us for the help, in March of 2016, he came down to California for an extended period to work on our house, which was neglected because of helping him. He was very proficient in renovating houses and did fantastic work. In November, my brother's friend Jake called him up and asked if a friend of his by the name of Tuna could stay in one of the rooms for $400 a month. Dan had worked for many years with Jake doing construction for a house flipper, so he trusted Jake's judgment and he needed the money and thought it might be good to have someone trustworthy there to watch his house. Dan drove back up to Washington, cleaned out a room, put a lock on his bedroom door, locked the door, and put some of his things in a storage area up out of the way in the garage. Tuna seemed nice and gave Dan $400 for the first month, but there was never a written rental agreement. It was just a verbal one, and it was meant to be temporary because Dan was going to return in six months. But as you can probably guess, Tuna never sent another payment. We would call and we would ask her, and she always said that it had been sent, but nothing ever arrived. So it begged the question of what was going on at his house. Pretty quickly, we pieced together that something sketchy was happening there. After Dan's neighbor called him up, the neighbors complained that the house had been turned into a place where you can buy illegal substances, if you know what I mean, and it was full of people and cars coming and going all hours of the night. At the beginning of June 2017, Dan drove back to Washington and handed Tuna a three-day eviction notice. She left, stating that she had somewhere else to live and would get her stuff later on. So he allowed her to retrieve her stuff at a later date. He just wanted her out, to be honest. He started working on repairs and cleaning up the house. I mailed Dan a care package with some clothes, a California-themed shopping bag, and gift cards for gas and food. Five days later, Tuna showed up with two men who punched Dan in the face because they wanted to take the house back by force. Dan went to the neighbor and called the police. The police came, and instead of arresting the men and Tuna, they took Dan to jail for missing a child support court date, which then put a warrant out for his arrest. Before coming to California, he thought everything regarding child support back payments for his independent, successful 23-year-old adult child had been taken care of. He had no idea about a court date since they notified by mail, and Tuna had never forwarded his mail, which was one of the things that she promised to do. So the police essentially handed the house over to Tuna. She and her cronies went in, changed the locks, and placed a long metal bar across the inside of the garage door so it could not be open from the outside. They stole the package that I sent to Dan and spent the gift cards. Meanwhile, my family and I were on vacation in Hawaii, and I received a phone call from Dan in jail. I spent a whole day of my vacation in the hotel room trying to figure out how I can get him out of jail. Bail bonds could not be used for child support cases. Finally, they let him out when I paid a child support payment of $350. He had been in jail for three days, and the squatters had dug themselves in. So when he returned to his house, he had to call the police to arrest them for trespassing. After all, Tuna had been evicted. She had left and no longer had permission to be there. They were squatters by all accounts, but the state defers to people who just claim they are renting, therefore requiring a landlord to go through the court system to remove the so-called tenants who are actually just squatters. So the police showed up and they screwed over my brother once again. Tuna claimed she was renting the entire house and the 
police believed her instead of Dan. She told the policeman that she would leave in 10 days, and the police officer said that he could have his house back in that time, because Tuna said she would leave by then, which is just completely ridiculous. Dan was instructed to leave the premises or be arrested again, even though it was his house and she was trespassing. He got into his minivan and drove away, with nowhere to stay but his van. And of course, Tuna did not leave after 10 days. Dan went back after 10 days and called the police again. And once again, the police said he had to leave or they were going to arrest him. We did not know what to do next. One of the HOA board members, who had some experience in managing real estate properties, attempted to help us. She said that he needed a 20-day eviction notice, stating when Tuna would be out, and that this had always worked for her when she had to evict tenants. So that's what he tried to do. He got a 20-day notice, and it was posted, and he just waited. And at this point, I'm sure you can notice a theme, because Tuna did not leave. Dan, again, went over to his house and started cleaning up the trash that was all over his yard. Waiting for her to leave, finally, Tuna called the police, stating that she was a renter and he was disturbing her. Once again, the police were no help and threatened to arrest him. But this time, Dan put his phone on speaker and I heard the whole interaction between him and the police. Yes, he had to leave or be arrested. Dan could not get his construction tools out of the garage and could not work without his tools. And he's basically homeless at this point. How would he even work? What was going to happen to all of his possessions? All of his sentimental things? His room that he locked up had already been broken into and the people were using that room. What was going to happen to all of his stuff? It was near the end of summer. We were paying his mortgage payments and it was going so hard on everybody. Then something nice happened. A kind friend by the name of Adam asked him to stay at his house, which Dan ended up doing. During this time, Dan worked with Adam with loan tools and also went to some landlord tenant educational meetings. The people at the meetings were helpful and instructed Dan on how to proceed by taking the matter to court. The police would not go further without a court order to physically evict Tuna. It would be difficult to afford the cost to hire a lawyer, but eventually we did end up getting a lawyer. Dan posted a court appearance on the door of his house, since Tuna never answered the door. And that is what you do legally in this case. Every time he posted a court appearance, he had to legally give her one week notice, which he did. The court date comes around and he showed up, but lo and behold, Tuna failed to show up. So this must mean that he wins by default, right? Wrong. The judge said that Tuna was not given proper notice because the notice was posted by Dan instead of an anonymous person. Dan walked out of the courtroom. The lawyers from the landlord-tenant meetings were there and couldn't believe it. Unfortunately, Adam had to move out of his house that he was renting, so Dan had to go back to living in his van. It was autumn in the Pacific Northwest, and it was getting cold. The police then started harassing him for sleeping in his van, so we rented a motel room for Dan. I eventually found a lawyer from a nonprofit who worked for free to help in these kind of situations. He actually used that three-day eviction notice that Dan had given Tuna back in June as a basis for the case. I had found it online, the wording was appropriate, and it had been served properly. The lawyer had to jump through endless hoops and court appearances. The same judge presided over every case that had to do with evictions, and she always favored the tenants, including entitled ones. This honestly took forever, about three months in total, and Dan had become haggard, homeless, sick, depressed, and at times had gone missing. Once, I called every hospital, jail, homeless shelter, and even the food bank just to try and look for him. His van was impounded four times. He was hospitalized four times. He was endlessly hunted down and harassed by the police. This was all such a hard time in all of our lives. Fast forward and Dan is in and out of the hospital from a variety of illnesses. And at this point, we're slowly getting closer to getting the house back. By this point, from all the medical issues that 
that Dan was dealing with. He was confined to a wheelchair and he was on a lot of medications just to try and help him. It was incredibly hard and very sad to see. At this point, the police finally showed up with proper documentation and these people were finally evicted. Tuna was the only one left in the house. A notice had been posted on the door to warn everybody to leave. But as usual, she didn't think there would be any reason she would have to leave. It took her completely by surprise. The police pounded on the door and demanded that she leave immediately. She tried to be picky on what she could and couldn't get, but in the end, she had to grab her stupid little dog, her purse, and that was it. And you know what? The house was a complete disaster. There was literally five tons of garbage in the yard around the house. The trash disposal service was not activated during this time, so they just piled it up around the house. The front yard just looked awful, with several piles of trash about four feet high. Absolutely disgusting. And yes, Dan's tools that he used for work were completely stolen, which didn't matter because at this point he was wheelchair bound. These terrible people ruined his house and destroyed everything, taking months and months out of his life and slowly ruined his health. And at the end of the day, we did get the house back, despite how long and arduous that journey truly was. This story is actually quite tragic. This man went through so much just to try and get his house back, and it ruined his life basically, all because these entitled squatters did not want to get out. They literally took advantage of him and stole the house right from underneath him. And that's just unacceptable. It's also so disappointing that the legal and police system can be this corrupt. I mean, it's his house after all. And these law enforcement officers and these judges did nothing to help him. But at least he finally has his house back. And hopefully he can get it all cleaned up and finally have a place that he can call a home. I feel trapped in a relationship with my girlfriend and I can't bear to hurt her by leaving. So I'm honestly not sure what to do. I've been in a relationship with my girlfriend for a little over a year. She is an amazing person, always caring and loving. She is smart and loyal, and we deeply trust each other. And we were friends many years before dating. Unfortunately, I have never felt in love with her. I always liked her as a friend, but she was pretty transparent about wanting more. And eventually, I thought maybe it could work. After all, she is an amazing friend. So why not an amazing girlfriend? From the beginning, I was never as into it as she was. But I thought maybe that's okay. Over time, the relationship can evolve, and I can slowly become more in love with her. Instead, it feels like her love and attachment for me has kept growing while I've just been dating a really good friend who I can't seem to find anything remotely close to what she expresses for me. I've always been transparent about my feelings, but I guess she's been okay with me not feeling as strongly about her. Because she is optimistic, eventually I'll get there. But truthfully, after spending over a year together, I just can't see things changing significantly anymore. Lately, it's become an issue because my relatively low affection for her has become almost non-existent and she keeps bringing it up as an issue that I need to work on, urging me to kiss her more, make her feel more loved, but when I do, I just feel like a robot going through the motions. It honestly just does not feel real to me. It makes me feel horrible thinking about breaking up because I know how much it would hurt her and it would hurt me to do anything that could cause her pain. That's the last thing I want, but it begs the question, what's the point of even continuing like this? I wish she would just give up on me as a romantic partner, but she just won't, and thinking about doing the breakup myself makes me feel too sad to even think about. I'm also really scared to lose an amazing friend in the process. It feels like there's no good way to handle the situation, and I honestly don't know what to do. This is honestly a really sad situation. This guy has been with this lady for a year, and she is very clearly in love with him, and is doing everything right to try and make this relationship work, and to make him feel loved. And I think he sees that to an extent, but he literally does not reciprocate. And when he 
does, he feels like he's faking it. And he didn't even see her as a potential girlfriend in the first place when they first became an official couple. This is so unfair for the girlfriend, it's not even funny. In my opinion, you've strung this lady along for a year. You should have figured this out within the first three months. I can understand where you're coming from to an extent, where you say that, hey, maybe I can make this work. Maybe I can find her to be more of a girlfriend than just a really good friend. But I really think it would have been apparent pretty quickly if you really did enjoy being a romantic partner with this woman. Because what you've done and are currently doing is super shady and not fair for her. So I think you really need to make a serious decision about her happiness. Because your girlfriend absolutely deserves to be with somebody who's going to reciprocate the love that she's so earnestly putting into this relationship. And if you're not willing to do that and you don't feel like you love her in that way, then you need to do the right thing and tell your girlfriend straight up what's going on. Maybe you can find some kind of middle ground or some way of making this work. But based on how you're feeling and the choices you're making, this honestly does not look good. My boyfriend lied to me about taking my money to buy some food when in fact instead he bought the herb and I could not be more upset. I have been with my boyfriend for four years. From the start, he told me he was an occasional herb smoker, if you know what I mean. I don't smoke, but I was fine with this. He would do it in front of me and I wouldn't really care. The problem started as we began to spend more time together as well as when we started living together. It became pretty apparent that he was not an occasional smoker because he was doing this almost all the time. Before work, during work, after work, having to make a lot of pit stops just to get the herb if we went anywhere. But I still dealt with this fine. However, eventually, he started to not want to do anything but play video games all day and night and sit on the couch. He eventually neglected to respond to an email from work and got fired. This led him to two entire years of him getting high all day, playing video games until his switch broke from overuse, not looking for a job, and expecting me to cover rent and expenses, as well as to do all the chores and to file his unemployment for him. Despite that, I was covering his rent. He would continue to spend all of his money on the herb. He blew through all of his savings. So I made my issues known. This was a very bad time, and I feel like we barely made it through. But I did my best to support him and get him out of this situation. It resolved with him stopping smoking, starting to work out, and saving money. He became very active, present, and responsible. He got a job and recently got an even better job. He started saving money, working out. We would go out and not have to rearrange our day just to dictate where and when he could smoke. It honestly has been nice. Recently, I have noticed he has started playing video games a lot again and not working out. He has been acting weird. His savings are depleted and he only has $100 left. His debit card was compromised and he asked to use mine and my pin to get $40 in cash just so he could buy groceries. And at the time, I said yes. When I came home, there were no groceries in the house. He then snuck out of the house for a while and I saw him spritzing himself with body spray and using mouthwash at his car. I asked him why he was doing that and he said he was afraid someone would smell him. I said, who? You came right back in the house and I'm the only one here. I asked him what he spent the money on and again, he said groceries. So I asked him to show them to me. He then started to backpedal, claiming that he got food from a restaurant, but the restaurant he mentioned is one that I frequent a lot and I know for a fact they were closed by the time he withdrew the money from my account. He wouldn't tell me the truth and it was just story after story. Well, anyway, he still hasn't told me the truth, but I found the herb that he bought out back. I keep telling him he needs to be honest with me and I deserve to know what my money is being used on, but he won't do it. I am upset about the lying and the lack of accountability, but I am also nervous about this starting back up. He has a good job and is working with children and he gets very spacey and distracted when he's under the influence. And I know at this point he's doing it before work. I don't know what to do. I want to help him, but without him being willing to be honest, 
honest with me, I don't know how. At this point, he keeps saying, I'm upset because I am greedy and I want my $40 back. But it's not the $40 that I care about. I know the herb can be fine for a lot of people, but for him specifically, it just seems to make any issue that he's going through a lot worse. And he tends to focus solely on that in favor of literally anything else. I don't want to go down this road again, and I cannot financially afford it either. I currently work two jobs, and I never got the thousands of dollars I've spent on rent money back from him. Does anyone have any advice about something I could say to him or do that would at least help us move forward with this? What should I do? I'm honestly surprised you've tolerated this for so long. You've clearly tried to make this relationship work, but your boyfriend is honestly just proving he can't be trustworthy. He stole from you. Let's just put it out there. He lied to you and he stole 40 bucks so he could dip his toe back into some bad habits. Like the way this guy is acting is just inappropriate. This man clearly has an addiction and you have absolutely put the effort in to try and help him kick the habit. But it looks like he's making the conscious choice to go against that and backslide on all the wonderful progress you two have made. So I think it's time to have some kind of ground rules with him and let him know that you're serious, that this needs to change. Because otherwise, in my opinion, unless he himself starts making some serious changes, this relationship is going to see a lot of friction, if not fall apart altogether. And that would not be your fault. It would be his fault and his addiction that he has no interest in trying to control. My ex-boyfriend was allowed back into my friend group, and now he's tearing it apart from the inside out, and I don't know what to do. For context, my ex and I dated when we were in 11th and 12th grade, and we were in the same friend group with three other people. And now at this point, all of us are now in our 20s. The relationship ended because he cheated on me, and I was absolutely devastated. But our friend group actually took my side and stopped talking to him. After that, I introduced this friend group to my other friend group from the 10th grade, and they all got along well. We all started to hang out more, and eventually we merged into this one big friend group. Fast forward to two years after I broke up with my ex, and one of the girls from my 10th grade friend group met my ex while meeting up with one of her friends, and they got along. She didn't recognize him at first, because none of them have seen him in person. She told us about how he has changed, he's realized his mistakes, and has greatly improved. My other friend group, who was there when this all happened, brought up the idea of hanging out with him again, which wasn't really a surprise, because while they all supported me during the breakup, I know they missed him, because now, they had one less person to hang out with, as just a group of guys to play football and basketball with. Not to mention, they really were best buds at one point, as well as good friends. And this was all before they started being friends with me. We agreed, and we started hanging out again, and it seemed like he genuinely had changed at first. He was more social, talkative, open, more interesting. Then, eventually, I started to see the boys changing. They started being incredibly inappropriate with their comments towards women and people who are trans. My ex then started having these debates with one of the girls, all about politics, which started to really upset her, and all the guys would agree with her. One of the debates was about feminism, and it got heated pretty quickly. My ex told me personally that the rest of the girls would agree with him too if they were drunk, and he would prove it to me. He told me the girls only want this feminism stuff when it benefits them, and he actually bet me he could make all the girls say that they wanted a rich guy, and that money is really important to them, to which I agreed, because my friend group is very strongly feminist. The next time we hang out at a bar, he encourages them to drink. He starts chatting them up, and slowly moves the conversation to the rich guy question. As a side note about my ex, he is very good at manipulating people, and letting them do and say almost whatever he wants. To my dismay, all the girls said that they wanted a rich guy, and that money was really important to look for in a guy. And frankly, I'm just super disappointed that all it took to try and shake their beliefs was a few shots. The guys were cheering. Then, the arguments start to get heated again between the boys and me. He's just sitting there quietly and smiling. And then 
at that point, he starts saying some very terribly offensive comments. Then, eventually, the girls get up and they leave. I'm just so disappointed and so angry that it feels like I've lost my closest friends ever, and now I don't know what to do. I'm disappointed with the boys in the group because of what they've done, and I'm disappointed with the girls because of what they said, even though they were under the influence of alcohol. I honestly don't know what to do to move forward or how to even approach this anymore. This is such a terrible situation because you should have not let your ex back into your friend group. I bet you this guy came back and he did this on purpose. He probably came back just to try and tear everybody apart because you know what? That's what happened to him. Everybody turned his back on him when he cheated on you and he probably felt like he needed to get some kind of revenge against you and unfortunately he's getting it. Guys like this make me sick to my stomach. They're absolutely disgusting human beings and this guy definitely takes the cake. He manipulated this entire group and he's watching it basically catch on fire from the inside out and that's not fair for anybody. So I think you need to make your stance very well known. You do not like him and you do not want him around and if people want to side with him and abandon you then let him because it's very showing when someone sides with a guy like this especially when they're making misogynistic comments and essentially putting down minority groups. It's really disgusting behavior and it's something I would never want to be a part of so I don't blame you if you do decide to step away from them even if that means you're stepping away alone because it's a very big red flag that the guys were cheering on your ex-boyfriend as he basically tricked your friends into saying that they do only want a guy who's rich and has money which I personally wouldn't take at face value they were drunk so hopefully this works out for you and hopefully you're able to finally get away from your ex because they sound like a terribly manipulative person and you could do so much better without them in your life thanks for watching when you subscribe make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications to finish listening to all the stories use the playlist at the top of the description and the next time you live stream use the cream of the crop music search cream of the stream on spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright free music to use for your next stream